And so this morning, I want to welcome you to the gathering place, and we have been on a journey, and for those who are hearing me for the first time or who were here last week, we began a new series entitled, A Strategic Season. Now, please understand that how God works, and if you're taking notes, I want you to understand that Hollywood stole the way to produce a movie from God. Hollywood, I'm told, when they are spending millions of dollars on a movie, they write the ending of the movie first, and then they back up and start it. They figure if we can know how it's going to end, then we can move our way back and get to the beginning. Well, that came from God, because he is Alpha and Omega. He's the first and the last. And that ought to encourage someone here that God has already finished your life, Then he backs up and says, now let's begin. And so I've called that a strategic season. A strategic season. On Saturday, June the 18th, 2016, I was driving alone in my car heading to Marion, this beautiful city that God has graced and God has a purpose for it. I believe before the year 2016 is over, you will be so convinced of God's goodness to Marion that companies will come here in droves and say, I've got to do business in Marion because there is prosperity in the people. I heard these words as I was driving, strategic season. And next week, we're going to dive into the totality of what I heard. It was really a strategic season of service. That's what I I heard, not in an audible voice, but it was by the Holy Spirit. And for those who live by the Spirit, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, Following that conversation with the Holy Spirit, there were many confirmations to this message. And church, I appreciate that you allow me at times to offend man so I can obey God. Um, We had scheduled and we put it in print what we were going to do for the month of July. But thanks be to God for a people that want to be led by the Spirit that says, Pastor Roe, as the Spirit leads you, we will follow. Amen, somebody. And the key part of that is as the Spirit leads you, we will follow. We don't have blind faith. We are like the Bereans. We check the scriptures to make sure what you're talking about is biblical. Because if it's biblical, it'll bless you. It'll bless you. I also brought to your attention that the month of July marks the sixth month of 2016. We follow the calendar here in the West. That has 12 months. And so July ushers us into the halfway point of 2016. We have six more months left before they drop the ball in New York for the countdown that we celebrate a new year. And what the Lord shared in my heart and what I want to share with you for the remainder of our time together is that God wants us to be strategic and live a life of purpose. I don't believe that God wants us to enter 2017 and end 2016 confused and not knowing what God is doing. He certainly doesn't want us to leave 2016 the same way we enter 2016. Surely God wants to tap into your untapped potential. For no other purpose, hear me now, but to manifest his glory. So people will know that God is a good God because he's been good to you. Someone say, I want it all, Lord. I want it all. And so we want to now begin our journey by looking at Isaiah 46, verse 10 and verse 11. Before you, I have three props, and I trust that one of them, hopefully all three, will connect with you. On the covenant table, we have a chessboard, which 
is much bigger than the one I had last week. Praise God. Someone say increase. And over here, we have a stone. And I'll move that out of the way so you can see it. Um, we have a stone. And then over here, we have an empty board. And I'm going to draw for you and give you a 30,000. Let me change that. I'm going to give you a view of how God sees you and where you are right now in your life. So as you look at this board right now, it's empty. It's blank. But by the time God is finished with us, I trust you will see his glory and his beauty. And you will find and you will identify where you are on this board. Are you at Isaiah 46, verse 10, 11 yet? Okay. Let us read the word of the Lord and then we'll pray. Uh, The NIV is what I'm reading from. The NIV translation says, I make known the end from the beginning. Now, who is the one that is speaking to the prophet Isaiah in this chapter? It is God, right? So God makes known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand. And I will do all that I please. And then he goes and explains now what he means by that. Give some examples. He says, from the east I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land. And if you read the NIV translation, whatever you want. I want you to underline these next couple of words. A man or an individual to fulfill my purpose. Wow. Listen to that. That God is now saying that I summon a bird of prey and from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the time we're here together. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal to me and help me to share what you have put in me. Let me bring it with clarity. Let me bring it with conviction. But let me bring it with humility, Lord God, trusting that only you can set men free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. So in this particular scripture, If we begin at verse number one, what we see is that God is bringing correction to his people. He addresses the idols that the nation of Israel, for some reason, kept, for some reason, always would attach themselves to the foreign gods that were around them in the other lands. God is a strategic God. Someone say, God is strategic. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So everything that God does has purpose behind it. Now, let me share with you the difference between man and God. God has a purpose for everything, but man has an agenda for everything. And if you don't know God's purpose, your agenda will always bring idols into your life. And so wherever there's an agenda, there's always the work of darkness behind that agenda. Because when you know the purpose of God for your life, you don't walk in an agenda. You walk in the anointing. So there's a big difference. And the media is owning the airways. And what they are doing is that they want you to know their agenda. But the church now because of Isaiah 46, tells us we want people to know about God's anointing. The Bible says that Jesus was what? Anointed. He was anointed. He had no agenda. That's why the religious folks didn't like him. 
That's why the people who tried to have their place of authority and the place of power didn't like Jesus because he came with no agenda. That's why they couldn't control him. They couldn't manipulate him. They couldn't talk him out of anything. Why? Because Jesus understood the purpose of God and he understood that if I walk in the anointing of God, I will fulfill everything that God has for me. If you want to be promoted at work, don't fall for the agenda. Seek the anointing of God on your life. Someone say amen. amen. So God wants you to walk in the anointing. The word to be anointed, it means to smurge. It means to take oil and it means to wipe all over you. And that's what they would do with the sheep is that they would take the oil and they would rub the oil into the sheep. Why? So that with the bugs and stuff wouldn't bother them. Come on, somebody. So when things of life are bothering you and they're bugging you, you need more of the anointing. Because when the anointing of God goes deep inside of you, those things that are bothering you can't attach themselves to you depression has to go high blood pressure has to go why because i walk in the anointing and i walk in a kingdom mindset the anointing of god is for us to operate in the kingdom of god here on earth can someone say amen i've shared with you before one of the biggest things one of the one of the things that 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 is probably a pet peeve for me is that when i encounter people and they are not walking in their full potential i'm like a pit bull when i find out that god has something on the inside of you like a pit bull i bite into it and i'm not going to let go until i see that thing manifest in your life why because you can't be selfish there's no way that god has anointed you just for yourself he's anointed you to be a gift to somebody tell somebody i am a gift to somebody come on i am a gift to somebody that's just what you are absolutely and so god is governing your life god is governing your life and so now to my first illustration see see god is the one that places humanity where he wants to and some of us some of us were one of god where you placed us but God is saying, I am strategic. I have a strategy. I know the moves I'm about to make before I even make the move. And one of the great things about God, he first places us on the board that he desires. And some of us said, no, I want to be right here. And God's like, no, it's strategic where I place you. So God eliminates and removes the agenda by giving you the anointing of God. And he says, be still right where I have placed you. You notice that God has placed us on the board or on the table of covenant. And so because we're in covenant with God, every position is strategic and it is important. Because God is the one that is maneuvering and God is the one that is moving because God is the one that has the strategy that we need to be successful in life. Now, one of the great things about God and one of the things that you ought to get excited about is when God takes his hand and he places his hands on you. Come on, somebody. It's one thing to be in a position but it's another thing when you got God's presence. And so God knows the next move that he's about to make. And so when God's hand, when God's hand is on you, he holds you. And he says, I've identified you. And I know exactly where I'm going to move you. I know exactly where I'm going to position you. I know exactly what I'm going to do with you. And all we have to do is to trust that we are in God's hands. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, all those you placed in my hands, I have not lost one of them. Oh, come on. He says, everyone that you have placed in my hands, daddy, I have not lost them. So I'm here to tell you that when God puts his hands around you, it is time for you to be excited. It is time for you to shout because God is about to make a move. You see, weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning time. And so I know you've been waiting on God. But God is saying, listen, my hand is on you. And I'm going to move you in a position for victory. 
God is strategic, and when he puts his hands around you, it is God is saying, I'm here, I'm going to comfort you, because he says, watch, look what he says in Isaiah 4, 6, I'm looking for someone to fulfill my purpose, what I have said that I will bring about, what I have planned that I will do. God, write this down, brings correction, and you and I as parents, it is very important that we correct our children. Why? Here is why it is vital for us to correct our children. First of all, the Bible says in Hebrews that God chastised those who he loves. So if God is correcting you, it is indicative, or, or sorry, excuse me, it indicates that God loves you. If God is not correcting you, ah, I'd be a little bit concerned. I'd be a little bit concerned. And he says God corrects you. Here is why. Because God wants you to reflect his character. Because if you don't correct your child and they go out in public and act a fool, they're reflecting you. Oh, y'all missed that. And your name is something that you want to protect. And so therefore, when you correct your child and when God corrects the church, he wants character to be revealed. And so God corrects us because he wants his character that's in us to come to the surface. Why? Because people, like Teresa said, they've been burnt, they've been hurt. But when they come to a person or they come to a place where there's integrity, they can realize now this is a safe place for me to be. And why? Because we're open to God's correction. We're open to God leading us and God directing us. Why? Because we understand that when God puts his hands on us, it is to move us into a position to be successful. So even in that chastisement, and the Bible says that it may not be pleasant right now, but at the end it will produce fruits of righteousness. And so when God has his hands upon you, there are times he's correcting you, but there's times he's also comforting you. Why? Because he wants to correct you. He may want to correct the way you're thinking. He may want to correct the way you've been behaving. Why? Because God is saying, I want you to fulfill my purpose in the earth. And we want to be corrected. We want to be corrected. When I worked in the foster care system, and whenever a new uh, uh, person would come into our system, I would have two folders. I'd have a folder that was thick of everything that they ever did. Everything. The homes they've been in, the, the police report, their medical history, everything. And I would meet them, and I would sit in front of them, Ian and Emily, and I would sit here. And I said, now we have a choice to make. I would take out an empty folder, and I would put the empty folder on the table. And I would say, who do you want me to believe you are? Everything that's written here or what's in here? So in other words, I was telling them, I want to give you an opportunity to start over again. And not believe the lies. And maybe some things were even true. But I want to start over again. Because God has a purpose for your life. And so as I sit down with this young lady, I asked this question. I said, how did you get into the foster care system? Tell me your story. And what she said to me changed the way I look at correction. What she said to me, it blew my mind. Well, let me rephrase that. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It moved me. It moved me. She said, are you ready for this church? She said, when I, when I was acting up and my mom would bring a consequence for my behavior, and let's say she said, you're grounded for a week. Two days later, three days later, she would say, no, you can go out and play if you want to. I said, so what's wrong with that? She said, what that taught me was she's not a person of her word. So if I don't have to listen to what my mom says, consequences aren't really true. I said, back to bus up. Hold on a second here. She didn't keep her word. So in giving in to what she said, revealed to me that every other authority doesn't really mean what they're saying. And so what happened was this. She says, I saw inconsistencies, and therefore I thought life was like that. And that's why I'm in the foster care system. So I said, if your mom was consistent, I'm not putting all the blame on mom, but what I'm giving you is a principle that when we bring a correction, walk it all the way through because it will produce character. It will produce character. And so God will hold you. God will hold you until he forms inside of you what he has for you because God's character 
character is at stake. And he realizes this, that it is vital for you to know that I will keep my word. In this strategic season, listen to me, God will keep his word. In this strategic season that we're living in, God will keep his word. Many of you have made decisions because of God's word. And I'm here to tell you, you can walk on that word to your promise. Never give up. And when God is correcting us, he's doing it to strategically position us for victory. So in other words, parents, when we correct our children, it's for their victory. Amen. Amen. It's for their victory. So we have to be strategic in our parenting. We got to be strategic in our marriage. We got to be strategic with our money. We got to be strategic in everything that we do. Looking to God because he is the one that will keep his word. He's the one that will keep his word. He's the one to keep his word. And so we have many people now say, no, I want to be here. No, I want to be here. I want to be here. And God said, no. I know the plans I have for you. So now let's bring it home to Marion. And so God has a church here. God has a church here. He's got a church here. He's got a church here. He's laid it down. And God has said, now, 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 church, when, when you understand that I see the church and I have you positioned on the board, when you see that I'm moving over here, don't get jealous. Start rejoicing. And when you see that I'm blessing over here, don't get jealous. Start rejoicing. And when you see I'm doing something over here, don't be mad. Start rejoicing. Come on. Because he says, listen, when you are together in unity, you let the world know that I'm authentic. Because the greatest challenge for any human institution is to bring unity amongst people. Come on, somebody. And that's what America is facing right now on every issue. It's so complex, but yet so simple. Every issue on skin color, on guns, on whatever. It is so simple. So complex and it's so chaotic, but I'm here to tell you, church, God is on the move. God is on the move. And He wants us to be strategic. He wants us to be strategic. So the word strategic, it's carefully, it means to carefully design. That God in his foreknowledge, God in his character has positioned us where we need to be. And so if Marion is going to have an invasion of the glory of God, it's going to take every single one of us to get in position. Every single one of us has to be in position for what God's about to do. And I don't know about you, but I'm believing that God loves this city. He loves you. He loves the 88 counties that make up the state of Ohio. He loves this country. That he's saying, get rid of the idols. Get rid of those things that are not satisfying you. And receive my love and be strategic in your life. The things that you have been addicted to. He says, get rid of those things. Because what I have for you is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. This week, the Lord was saying to me, Rowan, you can't plan events without seeking my face and getting my approval and getting what I want you to do. Yes, you can get everything. You can organize. It can be all that. But it's got to be birthed out of what I'm doing here. And I know that's difficult for us at times because, because we want to... We want to go ahead and do this, but it, but it takes more work to spend time in God's presence, to get, to get God's revelation before we do this. I said to you last week, people spend more time planning their vacation than they do what God's purpose for their life. They spend more time for how they're going to live seven days or two weeks when, when, when everything is shut down than they do seeking God for the rest of their life. For the rest of their life. So let me define for you the time. Let me define for you what is a strategic season. What is a strategic season? A strategic season is defined as this. A carefully designed moment of time. A carefully designed moment of time when the plan of God 
is personally adhered to resulted in prophetic alignment okay so a strategic season a carefully designed moment of time when the plan of God is personally adhered to resulted in a prophetic alignment that governs your practical action steps let's break that down a carefully designed moment of time not a moment of time a carefully designed moment of time when the plan of God now watch this now when you hear the word purpose the word purpose is a kingdom word it is a heavenly word it is not a word for down here purpose is up here Purpose comes from God. And so a carefully designed moment of time exists in God. Where it now says when the plan of God, when the plan of God, when you personally adhere to, when you, when you accept the plan of God, you now bring heaven on earth. Can I break this down a little, a little bit more for you? Okay? So when you look at the purpose of God, now in Ecclesiastic, the Bible says there's a time and a season for every purpose under the heavens. That word purpose is not referring to up here. Because the book of Ecclesiastic talks about vanity or meaningless. What he meant was the word activity. So the activity of man. There's a time and a season for every activity of man that's here. And if a man is disconnected from the purpose of God, his activity will form an agenda. And so they go along in this area where there is limits, and they miss the purpose of God that has no limits. And so what happens now, there are five seasons. One, two, three, four, five. There are five seasons that you will go through. Five seasons. And what happens is this. We have people who are in this season here, but God is over here and there's no alignment. And so you live frustrated because you're not in alignment with where God is at. This could be chronologically. It could be emotionally. But God forbid it's spiritually. We want to be in alignment with God spiritually. That's why when a prophetic word comes, it is to bring correction to align you to where God is. Oh God. That's why we welcome the prophetic. Because you needed to understand the alignment of God. Now the apostle comes in and he brings structure into a house. But the prophetic now comes and bring alignment to the heart of God. It was the prophet who would go to the king and says, here is what God is doing. And the king now who is sat in a place of governance would obey what the prophet said and they would walk in alignment and receive the blessing of God. And we call that being strategic season. Strategic season. Now let me hurry up and share this with you. Okay? Watch this now. But what prevents us from connecting and alignment of God is we're not aware of God. That we are not aware of God. Now, in the in, in, watch this now. Watch this. So, in the gospel, right? So, in Genesis chapter 28, Genesis chapter 8, we see now, the first thing, my first point is this. You have to now become aware that I need to live in alignment with the purpose of God for the activities of man here on the earth so I can bring forth heaven on earth. Watch this. When you got saved, Rochelle, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you didn't die and go straight to heaven, right? Because no, you're here right now. You got saved, Leo. You didn't instantly die and go to heaven, right? No. So what happens is this. You existed in here before you even came here. And so at a certain time we call our birthday is when you entered into the earth realm. On your birthday, you entered into the earth realm. So where you existed in the mind of God, because God is saying, I know everything. He now says on your birthday... Enter into the seasons I have outlined for you. In the activities of man. And so God now is still governing what you do. Good God Almighty. Because God is in the heavens and he's also in the earth. 
That purpose came out of God. God's not purpose. Purpose came out of God. And he's still God. Oof. So he flows in dimensions and areas. That's why God will be able to find you no matter where you are. Come on, somebody. That even if you put the door, he can walk through that door and come after you. There is no place that you can run that God can't find you. Please understand, God is not lost. You and I were lost. And so now, we have to become aware of that. And so, the day you now were born, you entered into the earth realm. But you didn't know where you came from. Because you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But all this time, God has kept saying, come on, someone's got to preach the gospel to Rochelle. Why? Because she's got to know where she came from. Good God Almighty. Because when your mother and father forsake you and your identity is lost, God said, no, 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 baby. Your identity is not lost. It's just covered. You need a revelation of who you are. And so God said, someone please bring revelation. So the prophetic now comes and gives you revelation so you know who you are so you can line up with God's purpose for your life. So we have people walking this planet who aren't aware of God's presence and they're walking in confusion. They're committing suicide. They're taking drugs. They're doing all kinds of things. Why? Because they don't know who they are. And we have been summoned. We have been called by God now to let people know you need to be aware of God's presence. And so much more when the church comes together. So much more when the church comes together. Watch this now. So the Bible said that Jacob, Jacob was called by God. And Jacob now is found the instruction of his parents. He's found instruction of his parents. And he leaves Beersheba and he now comes to a place. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 28, verse 11 to 16. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Therefore, taking one of the stones that was there, he put it under his head and he went to sleep. So he's now walking. And watch this now. So time is the word uh, 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 chronos, chronological, and also the, the word uh, uh, kairos. Okay? That's the two biblical words for time in the Greek. And so Jacob got to a place chronologically. The sun was setting. When the sun sets, you know it's night. So it's chronological. He gets to a place and he says, the sun is setting. Let me now lay down. And he sees a stone and he lays down on the stone and he goes to sleep. Oh, yeah. Whew. What kind of pillow was this? But he lays on it, and he's sleeping. Now, while he's sleeping, the Bible says God doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. And all of a sudden, now Jacob has a dream. And he has a dream that there was a ladder <laughs> that touched earth and reached to heaven. Oh, good God. I don't have time to talk about the ladder today, but I just want to bring that to you. Jacob's dream connected two realities. And when he woke up, the Bible says, he says, God was here and I was not aware of it. See, chronologically, it's one thing to miss, but you don't want to miss an opportunity that God has for you. You don't want to miss an opportunity God has for you. And so the first thing we have to do is this. When you are aware of God, you realize that this is now the house of God and it is the gate of heaven. Oh, God Almighty, I feel like running right now. That ought to get someone to shout and jump and rejoice. Jacob was saying, in my encounter with God, I got access to another reality, another dimension. If you want to write music, it's got to be because I'm accessing another dimension. Come on, somebody. Someone say access. You've got to access another dimension. Why? Because it's strategic, especially if you are shown into the work of God. You want to have access to the prosperity of God. Listen to me. Come on. In the earth realm, gold is something that we look at and we want and silver. And it depends on your perspective of how you see currency. Because while we look here on the earth, gold and precious stones... In heaven, they walk on that stuff. Oh, God. When you access heaven, you see a reality of God, a character of God that cause you now realize I'm alive 
for a purpose. I'm alive and God is orchestrating my life. So I want to live my life in alignment. Listen, when I got four new tires on my car, the guy says, we have to align your car now. Why? Because you put new traction, you put new tires in your car. And if you don't align them, they're going to wear out. You're going to be going like this when you're driving. And many of us, we are driving over here and we're driving over here because we're not in alignment with what God has for us. But when you get in alignment with the promise and purpose of God, your sleep will be peaceful. Your sleep will be restful. Come on, somebody. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because you are now accessing another dimension, another reality. And Jacob said, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of it. John Maxwell writes a book called The 50 Invaluable Laws of Growth. He says, live them and reach your potential. And he says, the law of awareness is this. You must know yourself to grow yourself. That's John Maxwell. You must know yourself to grow yourself. But I'm here to tell you that God is not just about personal growth. God is about prophetic growth. And he wants you to understand this. Know God and then you know yourself. So when you know God, he'll bring a revelation of who he is and then you know yourself. And you will know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. A purpose and a plan for your life. Watch, I, I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry. Well, watch this now. I'm now gonna share with you the difference between the plan of God and the plan of man. I'm gonna go through scripture, just give you a couple of them real quick, and then we're gonna see what God's plan is for your life and for Mary. Now, watch the first one is this God's plan was this Abram, Sarah, through your seed, through your seed, everyone's gonna be blessed. That was God's plan. Abraham, I am going to bless you. It's going to come through Sarah. But chronologically, Lord, that can't happen. In the Kairos time, it will though. I know chronologically she's of age. But Kairos, it's going to happen. And what happens? The plan of God from heaven. Okay. What does man do? Um, God is... God didn't really mean that. Go, go. Go sleep with Hagar because maybe that's how God's promise is going to come to pass. And we see the plan of man and they went in and what happened? Destruction, confusion, heartaches, division. Here's Sarah who said, go and have Hagar. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, Abraham obeys her. And all of a sudden he turns back around and says, I don't like this woman anymore. I don't like the kid anymore. Chaos. When you try to do things on your own, it's always going to become chaotic. And so we must understand that, right? So God's plan was for, it had to come through Sarah. It had to come through you. And I'm going to tell you that as the world gets chaotic, it's not going to come through the political system. It's not going to come through the educational system. It's not going to come through anything that we conjure up. It is going to come through the church. It's going to come through the church. The answer for all the shootings, the answer for all the racial divide, the answer is the church. I'm not just giving you a religious cliche. I'm telling you a reality that the answer to America is the church God help me help me get this thing out the plan for, for Jacob and Esau so God now when, when, when she was pregnant says the, 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 both of them inside of you that, that there's, there's two nations inside of you and she says the, the elder is going to serve the younger and that was God's plan it was God's plan to orchestrate Jacob to be what he wanted but he, all of a sudden now Rebecca comes and says hold on a second here uh, I, I'm going to help out uh, uh, Isaac is about to give the birthright so go ahead and dress up and, and fake and, and be like your name is Jacob means deceiver and here it is now because he didn't know God didn't know who he was he's now being led he's now following the way that the name gave to him you got to be careful what you name things you got to be careful what you name things he was called deceiver he was hanging on to the foot of his brother and here she is now orchestrated that's so every time he said jacob 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 deceiver 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 but god's plan for him was never to be that inside of a deceiver was israel inside of jacob was there was an israel and people might be labeling you right now but on the inside of you when you become aware of god's purpose for your life you now know that i'm more than what you think i am and so here it is now they did all that. But God's plan for Jacob was to, to, to lead him and to change his name. Just a couple more. The, the plan for Jacob and his family. And so here it is now that Jacob has 12 sons and he has a daughter. And he has these 12 sons. And all of a sudden Joseph now says, hey, I have a dream. And he tells the dream to his brothers. God's plan was to save a nation. But he had to start with Jacob. And he had to start 
with Joseph that moved his way back to Isaac that went back to Abraham because God knows the end from the beginning and so he knows I got to save a nation and so he gives birth to Joseph and then Joseph has a dream now watch this I thought this was quite interesting when I saw this the brothers sell Joseph into slavery they said, let's see what becomes of this man's dream. And they take Joseph now, and they put him in a pit. And all of a sudden, the Bible says the Ishmaelites and the Midianites, they were coming down, right? And when I looked at that, I said, God, is this the same people that Abraham gave birth Sorry, that, that, that Hagar gave birth to? Is that the same people that, that's coming down now to bring Joseph down into Egypt? Now, if you don't know God and you don't know his purpose... You will look back at what Abraham did and think, oh God, God, you got, you know, you're surprised. You don't know what's going on. God is saying, listen, I'm a strategic God and I know what I'm doing. And so here it is now that God has orchestrated everything to get Joseph down to Egypt. Why? Because a famine was coming and it was strategic. It was a strategic move to get Joseph down to Egypt. Why? So the entire nation can be saved. Are you hearing me this morning? That God moves you. God does things for you. God will take your mistakes and make a miracle out of it. And you can't look back on your mistakes and say, hey, that's who I am. Don't identify yourself with your mistakes. See yourself as a child of God. See yourself that God has a purpose for your life. For your life. For your life. Now watch this now. Esther was raised at a time that it was God's plan for her to save her nation. But God also had a plan for Jesus. And I don't want to finish with, with, with these two things right here. The plan of God for Jesus. The plan of God for Jesus. And how the church will be unstoppable if we see God's plan for Jesus and we see that it is for the church. Let me ask you this question. Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. It's a title. Jesus was the name the angel told Mary. Call him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus Christ. Christ the anointed one. The Messiah. Jesus the body. So the body of Christ is Jesus. You got to get this to, to, to get this revelation I'm about to give you and we're going to go. So the body, the earth form of Christ is Jesus. Do you get that? So his name is Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. And if we know God's plan, God's purpose for Jesus, then we will know the purpose of the church and we can walk in alignment and be strategic in these last days and answer the cry of Americans all over that's saying, we need an answer from somebody. We need an answer from somebody. And with all the chaos, with all the confusion, look at God. He's the only one that can get a harvest out of chaos. Oh, God, I got four minutes. He looked on creation and says, let there be light. God's the only one that can see chaos in this entire world and get a harvest out of it. Because in the fullness of time, when everything was in order, when the Romans were in order, when the Greeks were in order, and when, when the Jewish nation was risen up, he says, now is the strategic time. Christ, take on the body. Christ, take Take on the body and walk in the activities of men. But bring the anointing, don't bring an agenda. And so he now says this. Jesus now, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. He says, from that time on, from that time on, verse 21. Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus now is three and a half years walking with his disciples. He says, now let me share with you the purpose that God has for my life. He says, now watch. At, at that time, he says, he reveals to him, right? He reveals to the disciples what God had for him. Okay? And watch this now. Peter hears this now. 
Peter gets a revelation of God. Where Jesus' flesh and blood did not reveal it to you. You got a prophetic revelation from God of who I am. He turns around the next minute and starts to rebuke Jesus. He starts, he says, that's not how it's supposed to go. I read the Old Testament. You're supposed to be the one that's going to overthrow the Romans. You're supposed to overthrow all these people. We've been in bondage for so many years and you're going to die and leave us? We are in trouble if you leave us then. And the agenda of man, the agenda of man, rebuke the, the agenda of, write this down, the agenda of man can try to pervert the anointing of God. And that's why we can fill call scenes, but there's no power. That's why we can call events together and there is no movement of God. That's why we can assemble people together. And that's why you can sit here and you can look and be like, I'm just not involved. Come on, I'm telling you. When you understand that you are being manipulated by an agenda of this world, and when you understand that you need the anointing of God, it'll change how you look at things. Because God has given us an assignment, and it's found in the plan of God for Jesus. He says this now. Now watch this now. Peter took him aside and rebuked him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me. And he identified Satan. In Orlando, in that shooting. You know who benefit from that? Now watch the enemy because he tries to operate strategically. In that club and in that attack was a reflection on the chaos in America. That all he did was just light a match and just throw it in there. And we got people now blaming everybody, everybody. And he's right here hiding and says, they don't even know it's me. And they're like this. And he's hiding and saying, yeah, I did that. And look at them go with the agenda of man, trying to figure something out. And he's hiding. And then he throws another one out, kills five police officers. He throws another one out, a cop killing the black youth. He throws another one, and he's hiding behind here. He's hiding. But Jesus, no, I recognize you. Get thee behind me, Satan. And he says this now. Look how powerful he says this. He says, and this, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. The enemy said that it's the agenda of man that I'm using because it was man that gave me the authority in the first place to rule in this place. That back in the garden when they gave me dominion back and I'm just going to use the human agenda. I'm going to use that to cause greater division. And I'm here to tell you it's time that we walk strategically. I'm out of time, but definitely not out of word. And I'm here to tell you, you got to line up. If you don't know the purpose of God for your life before you leave this place, you need to say, God, I need to know your purpose. Because if I don't walk in your purpose, I'm living a life that is boring. I'm living a life that is full of frustration. I'm living a life that's not uh, touching anybody. And I've got to know the purpose you have for me. And watch this. Now, here's what happens gathering place marion oh god help me my last scripture look i I put everything away he says this now he says this now what happens when you find a group of people who walk in the anointing of god and they are aware of who they are and they're released by god it's called the movement and look what happens when you have a movement, the book of Acts. And that's what we got to be. we got to be the church in the book of Acts. They walked in power. They walked in authority. And they walked in the anointing of God. They didn't walk with the agenda of man. I can prove right here. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Watch this now. So here they were now moving in the anointing of God. And the entire city was in an uproar. Peter and the other apostles replied. Acts chapter 5 verse 29 to verse 39. Acts 5 verse 29 to 39. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. What a word for America. We are witnesses of these things, and so it is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put him to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully 
Be strategic about what you're about to do right now. And look what he shares with them. Good God Almighty. What you intended to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed. And it came to nothing. After him, another person rose up in the day of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you. Everybody stand with me in this place, please. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you. This is Gamaliel. This is the teacher of the law. This is a Pharisee. He just gave the history of what it means for men's agenda to fail. And now he switches. And he says, I advise you, leave these men alone. When you are anointed by God, the devil says, I've got to leave you alone. I've got to leave you alone. I've got to leave you alone. Why? And here is what Gamaliel said. Here is the strategic thing that he said. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Woo, good God Almighty. Hallelujah. Woo, good God Almighty. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've kept your people past the time on the clock. But God, my prayer, and I know your heart's desire, is that they will get a revelation that it's a strategic season. That the way they handle their money, the way they handle their ministry, the way they handle their marriage, everything, the way that they handle it, will speak volume of their alignment with you, Lord God. And we pray for a prophetic movement in the city of Marion, oh God. We pray, Lord God, for a mighty move of God that's not a driven by the agenda of man, but it's driven, it is controlled, it is moving by the anointing of God. Can somebody shout out with me and says, move God, move. Move, God, move. Mary needs you, God. Mary needs the anointed of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cry out for your city, good God Almighty. Cry out for the anointing of God and not the agenda of man. For too long, for too long we have flowed in the agenda of man. And I declare to you the next six months, there will be visible manifestation of God and what he's doing in this city. There will be because our marriages will be restored. Our health will be restored. Our homes will be restored. God, we need you and we want to align with your purpose.